Hello, welcome to Full Stack Beauty Podcast, where we talk about all things beauty, tech, mom, and more. I'm your co-host, Sarah, here with Sabrina. Hi. In today's episode, we talk about our trip to Napa for the Beauty of Fashion Summit. Sarah, excited for our first episode, finally. <laughs> I am. This has been a long time in planning. Seriously. Um, I'm based in LA. Sabrina is here from Miami. It's such a special treat to be in the same space together. We should start by introductions. Yeah. Uh, I'm Sarah. I'm the CEO of Landing International. I've been in the beauty space for almost two decades. And I was first time podcaster and nervous, but excited. And I'm Sabrina. I'm the CEO of Clear For Me. My career in Wall Street and now in beauty tech has been focused on gathering data, understanding it, and making educated decisions based on it. And that's what I do with ingredients with beauty brands and retailers. All right, let's get into today's episode. Let's do it. All right, let's get into the episode. Um, first question is, how do we get invited? And I don't want to answer this first because my answer is dependent on your answer. And I'll tell you why after. And we should preface to say that we went together. Um, I, I got invited actually through a brand who received the invitation. Um, this was the first time a Business of Fashion had had a beauty forum. And so I didn't know too much about it. And I got the email and I guess I just kind of invited myself and then I forwarded it to you. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, Hey, are you invited? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go to this thing. Do you want to come with me? And, uh, I kind of did this approach that I used to do when I tried to get into clubs in New York when I was 18 and couldn't get in, but wait behind somebody at the line and the bouncer let somebody in and I'm like, Oh, I'm with them. And I just kind of snuck in. So when you sent it to me and I was like, yeah, I'll go. And I just signed up and so I honestly wasn't invited. I just snuck in. That's awesome. Um, no, I definitely was looking for a partner in crime because I didn't know anyone there and I didn't know what to expect. And, and it was two and a half days at a retreat in Napa on Stanley Ranch. And we were sort of, we were sort of landlocked there. And so I, I definitely needed a friend. Yeah. So this is, yeah, I did it for you. Yeah. You no, know, obviously. Yeah. I got your back. <laughs> so. Okay. Mm -hmm. We, yeah, so the Stanley Ranch was pretty gnarly walking up to it. I had no idea like what kind of property this was. Like typically when you go to conferences like in New York, you, you know, you stay at the Hilton or the, you know, any hotels close by and the property, you know, the, the conference is at a typical place. This was totally unlike any other place I've been to for a conference in beauty. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've been to a couple where it's, um, kind of at a resort, but not, but this was beyond. It was very luxe, I will say. Yeah. It was my first time to Napa. So that was uh, also just seeing the scenery was amazing. Um, the rooms were oh, yeah. so nice. Let's talk about the rooms. I know it sounds a little nutty, but the rooms were, well, that's worth important. A, it's, worth, it's worth a little bit of content on it. I think so. Uh, the bathrooms had heated floors. They all have uh, all had exterior showers and patios. My room was gorgeous, but some people's rooms were even better. And um, so I signed up for the same room you did. I don't know. I think I, I just had a nice little smile when I checked in. She and had like I a dining a room. 
She had a separate bedroom. She had two bathrooms. It was really nice. I was always going into her room. And you know what's cool about the whenever you go to a, a hotel is when it's just open. So Stanley Ranch had just opened. And so everything just felt nice and new. And yes. you just feel like, I don't know, I'm maybe I'm cheesy like that, but I definitely loved it. Just no, like it was really nice. Um, and the amenities in the room were also very interesting. They had like salami and oh yeah the snacks were great yes it wasn't like your typical like m&ms and oreos it was like like is there like hand created artisan things i think there was like bottles of wine like locally sourced yeah i also wanted to mention because it is stanley ranch um the way that you would get uh from place to place or if you went back to your room between sessions is you would call um a ranch hand and they would come get you (laughs) yeah a ranch hand (laughs) on a on a golf cart, kind yeah, of, right? Yeah, it was like a ranchy golf cart. It yeah, was cool. it was very nice. And I have to say, I had to do a lot of things while I was at the conference. And so the front desk helped me so much. Like I would ask them to print something and then it would be like on my doorstep. Yeah. And uh, I felt like the service was super top notch. I have to admit, I definitely felt a little bit of mom guilt where I was like, okay, dad or husband, go watch my three kids. I'm going to go to this beauty conference. It's going to be so much work. And then I get there and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get to relax. Like I felt like it was like I was on a retreat for myself. So yes, I felt that way. And I was like, um, oh, I should I should have brought my daughter or like we should come back here. But I will say that we ended up not having very much free time. No. It was like the schedule was like jam packed. Yeah. All right. Maybe we should talk to everybody about the conference instead oh, the of conference. the property. Um. So I felt like overall impressions, great conference. I thought it was a really good mix of good content, good conversations, good networking. Uh, it was their first time. So I have some, some suggestions. Yeah. Um, for example, I think that we didn't get the agenda until very late. Like I want to say like almost like that morning. Yeah, I and got so, it when I arrived. So I yeah. had no idea like what the day was like. No idea. Yeah. And what ended up happening is I didn't plan for that. So I had like some calls in between and I had like an hour where I had to fill out my daughter's preschool, you know, forms. And I I ended up missing a lot of stuff. Like I missed out on like the meditation, which I heard was like amazing. It was pretty awesome. (laughs) And so I, I think if people are planning to go in the future, they definitely should block out that time. Like you won't have a lot of free. Yeah. Well, you know what that is, is because at other conferences, especially I had just been to a bunch the you know that month before there's like people always take meetings on the side and you always see people you know hold up with their laptops taking calls or things like that or stepping out this is a type of conference if you're gonna go you want to like totally clear your calendar and just fully immerse yourself because there's opportunities to meet people it's such an intimate space because you're in napa you're not like you know you can't walk around and go get a coffee somewhere else you have to stay on the property so it's conducive to just being immersed and being present so you get a chance to like not only take advantage of the beautiful surroundings and the environment, but you get to like, you'll be walking around with everyone that's there. So who knows who you're going to meet? Yeah. And I definitely, I think I had like one or two side meetings and then people would come up and it would just, it felt very organic. Yeah. So maybe we should talk about overall experience in terms of like networking, meeting people. What did you think? 
So what was cool about this conference on networking is there was a lot of intentionality on it. I don't know if that's a word, but intentional networking opportunities. It is a word. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so like we're, you know, for example, during one of the breaks, they had everyone, everyone like in their, uh, in my, when I got my agenda, I also had like these like meeting card numbers. I don't know if that's what it's called, but essentially during a break, I was, you know, told to go to one spot of the of the property where they had some tea and, and snacks, but like that way everyone kind of was assigned to different mm -hmm. networking spots. So it was like curated small groups that you don't know who's going to be there, but you got a chance to meet people. And I think that is such a different experience at other conferences where it's just like everybody go in the waiting room mm -hmm. and just like, hopefully you'll run into someone or say hi to someone. Yeah. I like that because, um, I think all of the meals, they were, uh, you were given a table and uh, even like a seating at, yeah. at, at the larger dinner. It was dinners. assigned seating, yeah, yeah. for sure. And I, I like that because I think it, especially the table format where like there were like smaller tables and you were assigned because it's sometimes you have to plan for spontaneity. So, and it's kind of awkward when you like yeah. don't have, like I think like the last breakfast, there was no assignment and we were like, we don't, we don't know where to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought the dinner was awesome. And that was also something really different in the conference where there was the dinner and it was assigned. It wasn't just like a free for all. So it made it, everyone kind of came and sat down together versus somebody just going to get their plate eating and running away. Yeah. Um, and so I think the sit down dinner next to assigned seats, like you're kind of at the whim of what they assigned, but also it was great because it forced conversation. Yeah. And they also had those like conversation starters. I don't know. I don't okay, know our did table it. did not do those. We followed the rules. So yeah, basically we they had this like group of cards that were like the curiosity cards. And it was cool because Instead of saying, oh, what brand are you at or what job do you do? It was just like, hey, you know, what is your favorite childhood memory or mm -hmm. what, you know, certain interests that you have? And it it just like made everyone vulnerable and mm -hmm. open up. And then I don't know, it was a nice way to just have a conversation with a bunch of strangers and not try to only talk about like business. Yeah, it sounds nice. We didn't do that. One point <laughs> of... um one point of unification, I think, was the weather because I don't oh, think yeah. anyone planned and I don't think the organizers knew that it was going to be so cold. So literally, like, I think anytime after 5 p.m., we were all freezing. Yeah. We're all trying to bundle up. Like, it wasn't, you know, everyone had, like, the blankets from their rooms. So it felt very, like, yeah. we were surviving something together. Yeah, and that's the funny thing about California weather. I, You know, you know it's going to be beautiful during the day and you know it's going to be cool at night, but... I think if you come from LA or San Diego, yeah. you forget San Fran gets really cold. Yes. So that happened to be like a stretch where it was like down to the, I don't know, it was like 50s. It felt really, really, really cold. So everyone had these cute beauty outfits, but they're yes. like holed up in these shawls. And so like, yeah, we all look like we're just walking around in our shawls. Yes. Like we had survived like the apocalypse yeah. or something. Yeah. Thank God they had the shawls, though. I would not. Yes. Have but even some of the, it was like the blankets that were given to us uh, weren't uh, thick enough. So I actually started bringing the ones from the room. <laughs> like the one you're just like over your yes, comforter. Yes. Um, and I guess just the other thing that kind of last that left a lasting impression on me was that everyone came um, and and were what they were. Everyone had the same experience in terms of what they were offered, because I've been to shows where. Um, sponsors and speakers are sort of treated with a VIP experience and everyone else is like the attendee yeah. or they have after parties that are separate. And it's like these like levels of There's belonging. Like gen pop and like exactly, the cool crew. Yeah. Exactly. 
and everyone was invited to like the same things, um, more level of things. There was only one after party. There was, um, yeah, because like speaking from my perspective, we're a technology company. And so we're always grouped as a service uh, provider, which is like, I don't know if you go to like a show, I would think the ranking is like retailers are on top yeah, and then like maybe investors and then brands. And then like at the very bottom, yeah, they're like the service providers. <laughs> and, um, and we don't even, sometimes we don't even get the same goodie bags, which is like upsetting because like usually we've, we've sponsored the event. Yeah. Um, so I definitely appreciated that I was treated just like, just like everyone else. Yeah. And I thought it was great. Like Imran stayed uh, to the very end. You I know, know. The he's party. like the founder of business. He's uh, a great dancer, fashion, by the way. And he was the last guy standing on the, on the dance floor. Yes. And so I think to your point though because everyone had the same experience i think that what also contributed to that so you're able to network and meet people yeah. genuinely is that it was a really intimate group and it wasn't one of those conferences where the big guys come like rolling deep you know yeah. sometimes we've been to conferences and like you know the sephora rolls like 10 people deep because they're there for their ceo's keynote and mm -hmm. you know all, all of these other retailers are big brands it just feels like they're not really approachable because they already come with their clue their crew and their click business of fashion was not like that and that was a really cool piece because i think because of that and everyone was having the same experience we were all kind of on the same level and it just yeah. who knew you you were talking to and you got to i got to meet some incredible like roles and experiences in beauty across a wide spectrum. And I thought that that accessibility was something I hadn't experienced. I think today. we met some of like our best, uh, like, you know, networking opportunities while we were dancing. It's We'd true. Like, oh, what do you do? <laughs> oh yeah, this is what I do. And it was, yeah, it was Getting great. Jiggy yeah. with it. And people, I was really surprised. People were not leaving. <laughs> I, was I was like, oh, I gotta go, to, I gotta go to bed. But yeah, people were getting down. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I definitely approached that. I was like, oh, I'm going to go to dinner and I'm going to call it a night because sure, I'm still sure. on East yeah. Coast time. Uh, but I ended up with yeah. you at the late, the last spot and yeah. the last like golf cart ride back to my room. Mm -hmm. I felt proud. I felt proud as a, as a mom because I usually I'm in bed by eight. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, dinner starts at like, I don't know. It started it late, actually right? It was a late dinner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was worried, but um, no, I hung in there. Um, and, you know, as a mom, you have to have one of those nights. Yeah. You gotta um, just let loose. With let the hair loose. Down. No, it was pretty tame. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't want to give the wrong impression. No, it's true. It was not one of those parties like that. It was, very, like respectful. That. It was yeah. Yeah. very respectful. Agreed. Okay, should we talk about the content? Yeah, I think we should. I feel like, like what is this conference about? We've talked about besides, like, where we stay, the beautiful property, <laughs> yeah, the networking. Okay, so I mean, overall, um, I think what stood out also about this conference was it was really thoughtfully curated and it talked about really meaty subjects. It wasn't yeah. just about the business -y side of beauty, but it, you know, it was business in the side of like, what are the other, other elements that go into it? So we talked about, you know, transgender rights and how that experiences for consumers that are just don't fit the norm of what beauty has always meant to be. And it's not just for end consumers, but the stakeholders, like you and I are both you know, immigrant mm -hmm. founders and women of color in the industry. And, you know, we're not the typical like stakeholders. And I think there's a, there was that voice that just felt equally represented in the, in the copy, in the content there. Um, so that, I, I thought the content was just like really like engaging and different. I think so. It was one of those um, shows where you go and people are talking about things that you don't usually talk about and kind of expands your thinking and your mind. 
Like I, what I remember is a day one, it was a lot of different um, issues. Yeah. And then like social two, issues, yes. but and tying it to beauty, it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, really tying it to how it, it makes you think. It makes you think about your own role in the industry, what we are doing as leaders of teams and also what we are doing and how like as just as an industry. So I think definitely. Yeah, I agree for sure. And then I think day two was there was a lot of global components as well. There were big people from China, from Brazil, from India, and giving perspective on their markets. Like we don't operate internationally, but I think it was very, sometimes you forget like, you know, some of the biggest beauty markets are outside the U.S. Yeah. And that was actually my most memorable, I think, content was that was one of the the forums with um, the glo- some of the global uh, representatives. And so mine was, um, I forgot her name. It's um, it's going to come to me. Renata, Renata Gorm- uh, Gormita. And I'm so sorry if I'm butchering if I pronounced it. But what was so cool was to learn about Brazil. And she mm-hmm. gave us kind of the deep dive. And like, it's still so memorable to me because, well, one, Brazil is the fourth largest beauty market. And learning about like one, I knew it was a diverse market, but 50% of the market is black and brown population. 5% is Asian. I thought that was interesting. The Brazilian population is so in love with beauty. Like mm-hmm. they go to the salon once a week. Uh, they take more than two, sh- you know, they take about two showers a day. And what was so cool to learn about them is like the, 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 the way to the actual, like the go to market for them is door to door selling. That's yeah. like the number one way that products are sold in Brazil. And for the fourth largest market, it was so unique. And something that like still stuck to with me is like, you know, the amount of research that Renata's and her team do that they don't just do surveys. Like they lived with the, oh yeah, I they lived that. with them. They went and lived with different families and lived with them for one week just to observe not only like their beauty habits, but their like living habits, lifestyle habits. Because as we all know, beauty is not just so you wake up and you put on your skincare cleanser mm-hmm. and your makeup and you're done. Like it's embedded in like, other things that we do and, you know, other, other decisions and like how we work, how we approach things, how we dress. And so I thought the idea that you like to really get to know your customer, it's not just like ask them a question and hopefully, you know, you get a survey back. You actually have to dive, like dig deep to get to know the customer and I mean, they're living with them, but it made me think about how like there's so much room for me as a founder to be able to like learn more about my brands and retailers that I service. Yeah. I mean, you're like, not threatening to live with any of your parents, I'm, right? Maybe I'll come live with you. I'm in yeah. LA, right? <laughs> you have my suitcase here. I might just come knock on your door afterwards. Um, no, but the last time uh, I was in Miami, you offered up your place, which I, I thought was so nice. Was that after Business of Fashion or before? Maybe it was I before. Got that we idea. had like, just met and you're like, oh, do you want to stay with me? And um, for those of you who don't know, Sabrina has three kids. And she's like, I'll protect you from the kids. Don't worry. I was like, I'll put you on the ground floor. <laughs> See you. Um, and then I, I saw your uh, your pool on one of our Zooms. And I was like, oh, this is like a massive property. So yeah, like, you should have come. Yeah. Uh, I want to plan a trip to Miami just for that. <laughs> um, no, I thought it was very interesting. And like you said, like beauty is not, you know, it's very emotional. It's very psychological. Like why you buy the things that you do reflect like who you want to be and like, you know, who you are. And I thought that was a really interesting approach. I thought, um, you know, China and India being such big markets, but their retail infrastructure is so different than it is here. Um, P2P is so big. Yeah. Um, and also those markets are like thousands of small markets, right? So it's so complex. And I, I was thinking about 
in a way, our job, like my job, like in the retail space in the US is much simpler than like these businesses that have to figure out the yeah. complexities of these huge but populations. But the themes are all the same, right? Like what we learned even with uh, China and India and like the take in, in the Middle Eastern market, we, we got a great preview there too, is that as you think about a product in beauty, you know, tech or actual physical product, like the takeaway was so, so like so common sense, but so good to hear as a founder is like you can't, you know, as you think about scaling your company, you don't just like, you know, take your product and now just add it, you know, expand it to another customer base yeah. or you can't just, you know, expand that way. You really have to, you know, you, you want to be global, but you really have to think local about your strategy and how you, you know, and tailor the actual offering and the messaging and the value proposition to the end customer. And so I think that like just the idea of like being really strategic when you think about scaling, mm -hmm. it's important because um, not you just you, the idea of scaling is not just let's just open up the door yeah. more doors. Yeah. That's, it's not that simple and it never works. And yeah. they tell you about it over and over and over. But somehow we all, you know, we can easily fall into that trap as we think about how do we take our each of our companies, you know, 10x from here. Yeah, for sure. Because it's not. You can't just build on what worked in the past because usually if you're going to a new market or serving a new customer, you have to figure out something new. Yeah. Uh, my One of the most memorable speakers for me was Nadia from August, which uh, oh, is okay. a period yeah. care brand um, that I hadn't heard of. And she comes from an activist background and, and, and um, she's younger than me. So I will just say like, I just thought she was so uh, intelligent about the subject of women's issues and period rights and um she had such passion about it uh that that really stuck with me um about when i was her age i just really wasn't thinking about issues or making a change so i was like super impressed with her and some of the things that she said that you know in certain states tampons and pure um pads are taxed as luxury goods isn't and that gnarly? It's crazy. Like it's not a it's not a it's medical necessity. Yeah. How is it a luxury item to pay for pads or tampons? Exactly. And in those some states, Viagra is treated as a you know a medical medical you yeah. know basic use. Um, That's not taxed, but exactly, <laughs> our exactly. Periods, our, our period pads and tampons are. So I felt like it was you know we've made huge strides in terms of women's issues, but we still have a long ways to go. And so that was something that um, stuck out to me. And then- Yeah, that um, was a really good one. You're right. That was a really good one. And then um, there were some founders who were there post-exit, like Ben from Byredo. And well, I thought yeah. he spoke very um, genuinely about, you know, what it means to exit. And a lot of people will say it's not about the money. And, you know, he said it's not all about the money, but like it, you know, it matters, like, yeah. you know, and that his- um, mother grew up in a garage in Mumbai and that, yeah, for him to have this, you know, huge monetary uh, exit and a value um, for what he built is it's, it's meaningful. And yeah. I, I, I'm like, I get it. Like, I don't, I think it's, I think it's a little bit flippant when people say like, Oh no, that billion dollars didn't really change my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually he also brought up another point was like, you see, you know, Barito's an incredible like success story. And he, told us like this wasn't like a one year two year right. thing like he's been at this for 20 years yeah. and like you know a lot of lot of journey like 20 years like I can't even imagine that time but we just think about oh we see the success story and yeah. like it must just been an overnight thing and especially as a founder in technology 
you kind of as a, you know you just get wrapped up in some of that where like oh man you see other people and they're moving so yeah. quickly and sometimes you're like ah oh, is you know we're not doing it but you got to put in the work and like he just was a reminder too that like that type of success takes time and mm-hmm. takes intention and you just be patient but you got to keep going yeah yeah no and and um like with the other brand to um vacation beauty oh yeah I liked how they started as something else and they kind of, then they, you know, they started as a community that had like a passion for like 80s music, I think it was. Yeah, it was literally like, if you want to find really good music that you would want to listen like on vacation, it was a playlist and it was a great playlist. (laughs) And then everyone was listening to this playlist. And then from there, they built that community and turned it into an actual like vacation sun care brand. Which is, it's, it's amazing because when you... Um, look back on it, you're like, oh my gosh, that was such a great strategy. Yeah. Or like, even when you look at like Byredo, you're like, oh, they took all the right steps. But I don't think they ever intended when they started out to get this way, which again, like just to make it self-referential makes me feel better because I feel like I've had, you know, landing for 10 years. Yeah. And I don't think I started it with like a, like a clear path to somewhere. Like, I feel like I'm still trying to figure it out. And it makes me, you know, feel good that like, okay, these success stories also took a long time to kind of- And a lot of pivots. Yeah. So like, it's cool to pivot and you just got to remember to just pivot, 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 Mm -hmm. because that means you're doing something. Yeah, Yeah, I got it. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about- Gift bags? The gift bags. Okay. (laughs) Before we get into gift bags, I want to say, well, just before we get into like what was in the gift bags- I, um, I really did love it. And I don't know if this was intentional, the way that they, um, kept giving you stuff throughout the event. So because when you came in, I think there was something in the bathroom already. I don't remember what it was. And then one day you, then one, after like a session, I came back to the, to the room and there was my gift bag, which was humongous. And we'll get into that. And then I uh, went out for a session and then came back and there was like an hourglass skincare set. It was set in up our in the bathrooms, bathroom. right? Yes. Like the face wash, the sunscreen, exactly. like all of that. You're right. And then I, um, the and next time I there was like a Dr. Dennis back. Gross, yes. like the alpha beta peels. They went door yeah. to door with that. They were like, That's oh, this cool. is a gift from Dr. Dennis Gross. And then um, I think one night I came back to the room and there was like a, uh, a bag from Summer Fridays. Oh, so yeah. I, I felt, You're yes, right. I have such a good memory when it comes to you free are good stuff. At the gift stuff. <laughs> um, no, I felt delighted. Like yeah. every time I came into the room and then I was like, oh, there's something else. So I thought that was really nice. I'm going to text your husband later. Surprise and delight Sarah more. Oh, yes, yeah. please do. I hope he's, I hope he listens in. Um, so that I liked. Okay. So gift bag, you go we'll describe it. I mean, it was like legit gift bag. It was like a full big duffel. Um, which was a bag in itself that I'm reusing for well, travel. I use it all the time. It's awesome. Um, there's so many good things. And, you know, obviously with all these beauty conferences, like there's a mm-hmm. lot of good stuff, but I thought like the things I use the most, um, there's, there's in our in categories or things that I don't typically do. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, there was a Kate McLeod. She has these like, they're called bath pebbles. Oh. And I, Honestly, I'll be honest. I really, in theory, like I, you know, I like to, like in theory, like to meditate. Do I always meditate? No. In theory, I like to take baths, but I like never take baths. Mm-hmm. Well, this, you have three kids though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I legit, the first night saw this thing and it smelled so good. I like, and I never do this in hotel rooms. I turned the bath on and I took a bath with the bath pebbles. It was 
amazing. So that was like something I actually took it back and I've been, I just did one this last weekend, which is so not like me, but it's converted me into a bath person. I think also because you had that luxurious bathtub. Yeah. yeah. Without any kids or husband. Mm-hmm. And I just had totally quiet time. It was nice. I did make, and it was also nice. I got you, I got, I was able to make you a little FOMO because I was like, oh, yeah. I took a bath. Yeah. Like, I was like, a how? Bathtub? How? how are you doing that? Um, no, it was so good. And I liked, well, it was a lot of great products, but it wasn't just products. There were the things that I use the most is actually this like beautiful leather bound notebook. Oh my God, I use that too. The journal from Bond Bond Street or something. Yes, Yes. Bond Street. And I don't know if it's because Business of Fashion had a lot of like fashion connections, uh, but it was a wide range. There was a lot of like wellness stuff. There was like the weighted bangles. Um, I gave that to my CTO because she's she's into, you know, working out and I'm not. And uh, they had like humidifiers and- I was totally into the Skims socks, like the really thick, like I just never- think about like what how do I keep my feet warm when I'm home and and I just would never think about buying something like that and when I did I was like I need to buy this for all my girlfriends so maybe that's gonna be my Christmas gift idea for friends I think that's a good one yeah I actually wore those skim socks that when I was there because I was so cold you didn't have you didn't know about the heated floors there no I didn't I didn't know about (laughs) the heated floors I was like all bundled Uh. up um no I thought it was a very probably the best goodie bag that I've ever seen and um, I use that bag all the time. It's a great overnighter. Yeah. And I think, yeah, overall, I, I think for especially their first time doing this, it was great. Would you yeah. go? Yeah. It came from the heart. It was uh, really cool. And um, I, I, I loved it. I think I would 100% go again. I thought it was like a really unique point of view, unique experience that I felt like it was nice. To, if, if I'm going to spend two and a half days away from my mm-hmm. kids yeah. or my team, um, it was a great way to do it because there was, you know, great business stuff, great networking, and there was some self-care time, which was nice. Yeah. I didn't get that self-care time, but, um, I think it will be good because I thought the quality of people, uh, that who went was really good. And then expect that some of those people will come back and then, you know, they'll build like a community around the people. Cause like generally like different events, you see different people. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that for next year. Yeah. All right. Well, we have talked this Business of Fashion Beauty Summit, um, I don't want to say to death, but at some length. And um, I do hope they invite us back. Oh, no, please, Imran. (laughs) Not that he's watching. (laughs) So wrapping up our first episode, I wanted to maybe highlight a quote that has been an inspiration for us in our work lives or personal lives and why okay. it's meaningful. Um, I will go first. Uh, my quote is, um, boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. And the reason I like this quote for myself, um, and I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of brand founders, is when you start something new, there are always a lot of questions and a lot of doubts and you, no one can have a true plan or map mm-hmm. of success. But I think the only thing that you can do is like take that first step forward. And if you put yourself in that situation and you declare it to the world, uh, things start to happen. And so I always tell people that you just need to take two steps forward. You don't have to see the end of the road uh, because I found in my, you know, I don't know how many years of running this business that it's just, 
things will come at you. Some of the best things that will happen to you, you never planned for. Some of the worst things that happened to you, you didn't see coming. Yeah. And I think when you say to the universe, this is what I want to do and what I want to achieve, like it, it comes to meet you. And that's what, um, that's one of the quotes that's really helped me. That's, that's beautiful. Um, all right. Putting me on the spot here with my quote. <laughs> so let's see. Mine, I would say, is from Jim Dethmer. He's um, he's like a really inspirational kind of leader to me. And he said something. It was like, the courage, or sorry, the antidote to fear is not courage. Mm-hmm. The antidote to fear is acceptance. Ooh, it's like, Yeah. I got to think about that. I feel like it like goes beyond just like leadership. But I think the key thing for me, why I like that is, I feel like as a founder, there's always things to be fearful for. There's mm-hmm. always like, is this working? Am I making the right decision? Did I hire the right person? Um, and sometimes like you lose a customer and it's scary. You know, there's just a lot. And uh, I think sometimes, you know, we try, I try to like power through and it's like, no, like just like accept it. Like mm-hmm. this is what's happening. Like once you're able to accept what's happening, you could actually then think clearly mm-hmm. and move into your point, like, you know, keep charging and take the two, act- the two steps forward. So I feel like that is like something that I really like to think about is just acceptance and just remembering to just be with what's happening so you can actually like process it and, and move forward with it. I love that. That's really given me a lot to think about. Okay. Acceptance. <laughs> the antidote for fear. All right. <laughs> it is. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Full Stack Beauty podcast, our first one. Please subscribe now and don't miss out on the conversations that matter. Bye. Bye.